Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello and welcome to an awesome episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast on emotional eating and how to break that damn cycle through regulation. It is the craziest thing that I do not teach nutrition or anything related to eating, if you will, but I hear from my clients in Thrive Like a Mother that they lose weight all the time. All the time. It was a pretty shocking revelation. And today I want to help you understand something that sounds so direct, right? Emotional and eating. It should be like a no-brainer, but yet we don't quite understand that it's not a psychological thing. It's more of a neurological thing. And I'm going to help you understand that today. And I'm going to give you tips on how to break that cycle. I grew up in the dancing world since I was two years old. And so as you can imagine, being a dancer, you stare at yourself in the mirror 24-7. And you wear really tight leotards and tights and costumes and all of the things. And so I was always very aware of my body and always very aware of how others looked next to me and all the different things. I would say that if you go down the rabbit hole of regulating your nervous system, and I'm smiling because it's not just a rabbit hole, it's an incredible journey and experience and life-changing and all the different things, but eventually you will get to the point where you tune into all the different stimuli, sound, touch, light, oral motor, all the different things. And I had that journey of getting to the point where I tuned into my regulation in terms of oral motor. Now, I've always been in tune with my children. For Eli, my younger son, the first sign of his dysregulation of like, ding, 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 something's going on with him when he was younger was chewing on his hands or chewing on his shirt. And so if you have kiddos who are biting on their nails, biting on their shirts, all the different things, putting toys in their mouth, Legos, like all that kind of stuff, that is a form of attempting to regulate their nervous system through their jaw. So why wouldn't we think that asking for snacks 24-7 is a form of regulation or attempt to regulate, as well as you watching TV with a huge bag of chips or I don't know, whatever it is, not even tasting the food 
why wouldn't we think, oh, that's also a form of regulation? Because yes, people, people meaning adults, we bite our nails, we pick our skin, we have found coping skills and ways to regulate. I'm not knocking you if you do. I'm not saying how weird, how abnormal, because honestly, like this is totally normal. But oftentimes we don't see people like chewing on their shirts in the middle of like work meetings. Will they chew on a pen cap? You betcha, right? So usually we see this behavior a little bit more clearly in our children when they're gnawing on inanimate objects. Most of the time I get questions on why is my kid snacking 24-7, right? I even have a podcast on that. It's the same thing. It's oral motor. It's sensory regulation. It's attempting to come down from a heightened state. I can remember laying on the couch in my parents' house. I would do this at night or on weekends or after school. I would. We were a huge cereal family. I'm talking like... People would come in our house and be like, whoa, look at all the cool cereal. And I'd be like, what? Because it was my norm to just have like 12 boxes of different cereal. My dad loves cereal. Hands down, one of the biggest memories of my dad from high school or living, you know, in my childhood home is eight or nine o'clock after dinner, maybe 10 o'clock. My dad is watching something on TV and he's having his little bowl of cereal and he'll have two or three little small bowls, but like every night it would happen. And I would sit on a couch and mind-numbingly eat Cheerios or something where it was like my jaw was chewing, but I was also watching. So I'm stimming on visual, right, on TV, but I'm also regulating that stimulation through my jaw with the eating of whatever. And hands down again, like not just being a dancer, but through high school and being a female and all the different things, like I was absolutely aware of my body and really wanting to figure this out and having long-term health for myself in terms of eating when I was hungry, not eating just to eat. And hunger is related to something called interoception. And I have not gone into interoception a lot, but it is going to be discussed a lot more soon because it is such a crucial word to understand. And it's the ability to be aware of what your body and brain is asking of it, right? So for kids, it's, I need a poop. And it's like, oh, why aren't they potty training? Well, in a reception, they may not be able to feel it, right? I need a pee. Oh, why are they peeing in their bed? Because maybe they didn't wake up and feel it, right? Why am I eating all day long? I don't even know if I'm hungry because I'm not quite sure that you're regulated enough to know if you're even hungry or not. You're skipping the interoception piece. You're just ignoring it because you're so dysregulated. So why is, quote, emotional eating a form of regulation? Well, I've kind of said it, but I'll explain it very clearly here. Your jaw is a joint, quite a strong one at that. You crunch and crunch and crunch down on food. And every time you crunch on your jaw and close your jaw, you're giving feedback and pressure into your nervous system and therefore attempting and giving it some grounded regulation. So I went on a journey. I went on a journey 
when I started regulating myself and I was like, okay, let's really tune into food. Let's see how this has an effect on me, my regulation, because I tune into everything of like, how, how am I doing with eating? How am I doing with seeing the world around me? Is there piles of clothes everywhere? Is in registration? Am I registering my environment? Am I hands down? I'm checking in with all of that all the time. Okay. So oftentimes if you are quote emotional eating, basically if you're eating when you're not hungry, if you're satiating with sweets and all that stuff, well, first of all, sugar is addictive. Sugar is, is just as addictive as crack cocaine. And and some studies say it's even worse. Sugar is addictive. So that is honestly something that you need to have a conscious effort in breaking, if you will. Like that's something that you need to be able to say, am I hungry? Am I craving this? Right? Do I eat sugar? Yeah. Like you bet. But what I've been able to do is get to a place. And I would say my clients very much as well is they are intuitively eating. If they want the sweets, they have the sweets. If they need the meat, they have the meat. If they want the this, they have the that. And what they have found is trust within their eating. Now, how do you do that? How do you form an intuitive, healthy relationship with food? I'm going to give you literally the steps. First step is... When you recognize that you are, quote, again, emotionally eating, I want you to ask yourself, how do I feel right now? If you have no idea, that's totally okay because it takes time. It's part of regulation. When I found myself doing some mind-numbingly eating, I recognized that I was anxious. I was slightly heightened. I was moving through something. And I was satiating my nervous system through my jaw. Now, if you can ask yourself, how do I feel? And start to think about, am I anxious? Like, is something going on? Like, is, have I been through a lot of stress lately? Am I, am I worried about something at work or with the kids or at home? I want you to try and relate it back to what is going on in your life. Maybe you're stressed out about a boyfriend or a, I don't know, a partnership or your kiddo's not sleeping at night or you're exhausted or try and relate that back to what is going on. Like literally what is going on with you or what has been going on the last few days, maybe week or two, right? Start to connect the puzzle pieces together of how do I feel and what's been going on in my life. The next step may really shock the hell out of you and surprise you. What I actually want you to do is say, okay, and keep eating. Because the shame that we produce and we crush our souls with, it creates a negative feedback loop that will then create a pattern that you foster, maintain, and stick with. Versus if you bring awareness to why you're doing it, what's going on in your life, You have the recognition of like, damn, there really is a lot going on right now. Okay, this is what's comforting to me. Okay, but I know that I won't always be stressed about this. I know that I won't always have X, Y, Z. I know that 
maybe I'll feel better tomorrow. And if you continue that pattern of, let's say the next day you do the same thing, kids go to bed, you grab something, put the TV on, you're here with a bag of popcorn. You're like, I'm doing it again. Okay. How do I feel? Wow. I must still be really anxious about X, Y, Z. Okay. That's still where I'm at. That is just still where I'm at. I'm going to trust myself and I'm going to know that it's okay to be exactly where I'm at. It's okay. And little by little, what you will find is that you'll start asking yourself, does this feel good? Like, does this feel good to satiate with this form of regulation? Meaning eating, moving your jaw or does it not feel good, right? Would you feel better going to yoga or would you feel better reading a book or walking or talking or having a therapist or I don't know what, right? But every single day checking in with, how do I feel? Okay, I'm not doing so well, got it. Oh gosh, I really want, okay. Like it's about my time of the month. Ah, I know why I'm feeling this way. Whew, got it, okay. I really crave chocolate right before my period. Okay, this is what it is. Got it. I'm going to enjoy the F out of this sucker. Cool. Like, great. Got it. Next, moving on. Do you see how I've released all shame and guilt behind putting anything in my mouth? When any form of emotional eating comes up for me, I accept it. I allow it. And I just say, okay, that's where I'm at. Got it. Wow. I must really be heightened. Okay. I've got to really take a look at this. This is really, this is, this must be really big. This is really affecting me. I'm really stressed out about this or like, okay. Okay. And then you can oftentimes start day after day after day. Like I said, say, Hmm, actually, I think that sitting here and eating, I'm not hungry. So like sitting here and eating when really what I know my body needs is rest I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that instead. That would feel really good to like get in bed and snuggle up and like, oh my gosh, that feels so supportive. And your brain starts to shift to be able to find ways to regulate and give itself what it needs naturally only when necessary. And so the point I'm trying to get across here of explaining, sure, when it comes up for me, I just allow it and I say, okay, I trust it requires you to have self-trust that you know this too shall pass. And it is okay to allow it because of the circumstance or the feelings or emotion or the awareness of the heightened state that you're in. If you have no awareness, if you don't bring awareness to it, all you do is shame yourself. Why am I doing this? Oh, gosh. Da, 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 da. Uh, oh, well, well, I, I'll stop tomorrow. Okay, next. Let's keep eating. If there's no awareness behind how you're feeling and bringing awareness to why you might feel dysregulated or heightened or overstimulated or all the variations of those things, you will just keep continuing the pattern. But it's part of peeling back the onion in terms of, got it, Eli's chewing his shirt. Okay. Hey, buddy, how are you feeling today? Not good. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing. Did something happen today at school? Blah, blah, blah. Hit me or da-da-da. Wouldn't sit by me at the lunch. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Like there's something going on emotionally underneath the behavior. Same with food. There's something going on emotionally 
underneath your chewing and movement of your jaw. Eli was more hands and mouth chewing on shirts slightly. You know, kindergarten year, I would say from kindergarten to pre-K, he had a bout of it that I was like, oh my goodness, my sweet boy. And I knew it was the transition from pre-K of just having fun to kindergarten of starting to learn things and just getting used to that. Charlie didn't put his hands in his mouth, but he would chew on a shirt and I would bring awareness to it, talk to him about it, but I never shamed it. Same with Eli. So if your kiddos are begging for snacks or if your kiddos are chewing on their nails or all the different things or chewing on their shirt, we're not going to shame the behavior. We're just going to bring awareness to it and maybe offer other tools. I talk a lot about chewy tubes like, hey, buddy, we really can't chew on our shirt. But what we can do is, is this, like, how does that feel? And give them an alternative, right? So again, we're not shaming. We're not shaming a child. And we're not shaming an adult. And that's why I go back and forth between those examples, because if you can see it so clearly on a child, then you can be like, got it. Now I know why you're telling me not to shame myself as an adult. Shame is not good for the brain. It's not good for the brain. So why do it? The last piece that I feel is super important for you to know is that this new patterning does not happen overnight. I know the world believes that we can, I don't know, have everything in a, in a, in a split second. But remember how I told you, I remember sitting as a little girl on the couch, just like mind numbingly eating Cheerios, just like, la, 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 this tastes so good. I built that pattern as a very young child. I built that pattern as a very young child. And when I was moving through this part and piece of, I want to dive into this more of like, what's going on here? Like, how do I feel when I'm doing this? What do I need instead? Like, what's the correlation for me? Just like with my children, like I want to dive into this portion of regulation and learn and explore and collect data and try it on and be the guinea pig for all of you. It took time, but I was so patient and accepting and loving and kind to myself along the way. And I want that for you as well. If you try to shift something way too fast, your brain goes haywire and says, what the F is going on? And it'll shut down. It is not a smart idea to learn to rewire your brain and learn how to regulate your brain overnight. That's usually why diets don't last because it's for a short period of time, you're shifting and changing everything. It has to be gradual, very slow, kind and loving and over time. So take this information, allow it to soak in. And the most important piece I can give you, if you take nothing else away from this, nothing else away, I want you to gain the curiosity, the curiosity of when it is happening of like, huh, what is going on within my life? How do I feel right now? How do I feel right now? If you're like, I have, there's nothing going on with me and this just feels really good. Keep on, eat away, enjoy, like enjoy it. I sure as heck do. I do not deprive myself. I eat whatever I want, but I also don't eat when I'm not hungry. 
I listen to my receptors for my receptors to say, ding, 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 Brooke, it's time to eat. Ding, 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 Brooke, you're hungry. Ding, 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 Brooke, your body needs fuel. And I eat what feels good. I eat what feels nourishing. I eat what feels comforting and all the different things. So the main takeaway for you today is get curious. How do I feel? What is going on in my life, right? Maybe move the needle of saying it's okay. It's okay to be doing this. And then that last piece of what do I need? Like what would feel really good instead? Like, or maybe what does this feel good? Yep, this feels good. Got it. Or "Mm, I really think I want to do X, Y, Z instead. Get curious. And that is it. That is it. You know, think of it this way. Do you think that, let's say you've been in a partnership for, I was in a partnership with Jonathan for almost 12 years. Think about having the pressure and load on yourself of, I need to do better. I must do better with my partnership. I want us to be better. And you want to be 50% better. Over the course of 12 years, can you imagine where our relationship would be? I, I Like, it's not possible. It's not doable. When you look at the rate of success, most, even in business, say, if we're 3 to 5% an increase every single year, that's a win. I'll take those odds of 3 to 5%. If I am 3 to 5% shifting every single year within my own mental health, my own regulation, my own habits, my own rewiring, that's a win. Three to five percent, which is why I'm giving you permission to get curious rather than fix or quote cure or magically resolve. It's okay to go slow. That's what your brain and body wants and needs. So take care of yourself. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.